0: This is Danny Dens, and you're listening to Friars on the Farm podcast. Play me some pippin', man. Baby, 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 baby. Oh, baby, baby. baby.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Welcome to Friars on the Farm podcast. I'm Donovan, and with me is Roy.
2: Hello again. Hello again. It's been so long. It's been so long. I've been putting out fire with gasoline. Oh, yeah. Putting out the fire with gasoline. Well, so today we're going to talk to lefty pitcher Danny Dens. Yep. Fear the Gogs. Fear the Gogs. Looking forward to that. Uh, but first, we want to go over the recent coaching staff yeah. announcements. The yeah. Padres have announced who the coaching staffs are going to be throughout the minor development leagues, staff, as well as all the player development staff. It was some a huge kind of article sur- that they put out. And a couple of surprises,
1: yeah, absolutely. Some kind of surprises and like, wow, some kind of heavy hitters going into the organization and the development side. So that's really, really cool for sure. Um, so Lake Elsinore, Eric Jung, is it Jung or Young? I,
2: I'll have. We'll have to ask him. Right. We'll ha- I'm going to ask him. Yes, you will. Please say your name. Uh, bench coach. I, I like- so now he was managing El Paso at the end of the year, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 So and he's he got in- plenty of experience within the Padres organization. He's been in the player development side of things for a long time. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it was surprising that he didn't stay in El Paso because he has been in the organization for a while. I think he was their roving catching instructor. Like He's been a couple of minor league coordinator positions, I believe, uh, over the years. But he's he's well-trusted guy with with aj well
2: maybe he wants to work with the younger kids yeah maybe he likes having that role of you know kind of leadership a little bit of a fatherly thing because this is this is guys first stops in pro ball yeah so you're teaching guys you know, a lot of the simple things the day-to-day stuff right
1: absolutely so the bench coach is gonna be felipe blanco who comes back a uh, hitting coach pat o'sullivan again this year again uh pitching coach is gonna be leo Rosales. Athletic trainer, Maritza Castro and strength coach, Austin Harris, some familiar names, some familiar names. Definitely. Fort Wayne will have a Brian Esposito enters his first year as the helm of spending the last nine years in the pitching uh, in the Pittsburgh Pirates organization,
2: including the fast, the fast, poor year, the
1: past four years. God, uh, With A Indianapolis Indians.
2: Well, he's got some pretty big shoes to fill. Yeah. With Anthony Contreras leaving Fort Wayne, yeah. um, but with four years managing Triple A, he's got plenty of experience, and he was right there in Indianapolis. Right. So I wonder if the proximity had something to do with it—that he's right there. Maybe he. Maybe that's home for him, Central Indiana. Exactly. Maybe it's a part
1: of the negotiations. Hey, I'll coach with you. I would love to play
2: with you guys. This is what we're thinking. Well,
1: this is where I live. Yeah. Yeah, we can do that. Absolutely. Uh, bench coach uh, Ronaldo Pozo. Assumes the role as Fort Wayne's bench coach. Pozo played in the Padres system from 2007 to 2011, including six games as catcher for the Tin Caps in
2: 2011. That's a that's a tin cap of coffee. Yeah, right.
1: <laughs> he previously coached for the Dominican Summer League for the Padres and the Arizona Complex League, and a little bit for the low-A, let
2: go Storm. Yeah, so he's been in the organization. He's pretty much a, a career Padre.
1: Yeah. Padre for life. Yeah, so the hitting coach, Randolph Gassaway, enters his first season on the staff. Uh, after playing parts of seven minor league seasons between Baltimore Orioles and the Pittsburgh Pirates from 2013 to 2019, uh, pitching coach Jimmy Jones is there again this year. As athletic
2: trainer will be David Bryan and strength coach Jim Buckley. Shout out to Ryan Swirly. The Swirls. The, the Swirl. What, wait, what's his last name? Ryan. It's escaping me right now. It is escaping me. Ah. Anyway. So yeah, beautiful new fiance. Beautiful new girlfriend. Oh, I'm and- sorry. Sam. Yeah. Sam Lewis. Sam Lewis. I don't want to call him Ryan. All right. So in San Antonio, we've got some familiar names. Philip Wellman is returning as manager. Uh, Shane Robinson is going to be his bench coach. Raul Padron is coming back as hitting coach. Yep. Pete Zamora will be in San Antonio as Sambo. a pitching coach this year. And then uh, athletic trainers, uh, Mark Coberly and strength coach Mark Spadavecchia. I want to see his name across the back of a jersey. Spadavecchia. <laughs> and uh, so here's the interesting. So it, in El Paso, Jared Sandberg is going to
1: be uh, who is with, with the Seattle Mariners coaching staff from 2019 and 21 uh, will be the manager for the El Paso Chihuahuas. Seems like a big hire. That's a, Yeah. Yeah, certainly uh, probably a guy that's well on his way to maybe becoming a manager in the major leagues. R&O. Right, right, right. So bench coach Robbie hammock is entering his first season as the Padres organization after working as a Diamondbacks major league quality
2: control and catching coach in 2017, 2021. So that's another position that has him down on the field uh, with the big league team before and after games. Right. So you got a couple of guys with major league experience working with the triple a guys. Yeah. Uh, The hitting coach Jonathan
1: Matthews is in his sixth season in the Padres organization. He was previously a hitting coach for high A Fort Wayne and spent the 2017 season as a San Diego major leagues outfield coach. Matthews previously managed and coached in the twins and Arizona Diamondbacks organization. And he's played in the
2: Colorado Rockies organizations in uh, 1994. The pitching coach will be Mike McCarthy. He's in his first season with the Padres organization. Was previously a bullpen coach and pitching coach in the Minnesota Twins organization from 2018 to 2021, reaching Triple-A St. Paul. He pitched professionally from 2011 to 2016 in the Boston Red Sox organization. Uh, and then wrapping it up, they've got athletic trainer Brad Larosa and strength coach AJ Russell in El Paso. So
1: that's a pretty big shakeup.
2: It is. That, yeah. You know. Yeah, after so many years where we're seeing just kind of steady promotions, this year, with the departure of Sam Gini, yeah. um, I guess that was the the initiation of a whole bunch of turnover. But it seems like they're bringing a lot of talent into the coaching staffs, yeah. both in the minor leagues and at the major league level.
1: You know, because it it, it, and it has to show that we really haven't, we've had issues in developing these guys in the minor leaguers and, and bringing, bringing them up to the big league. Club. Right. That's just not the fans talking. I think that might even be a, maybe an overall consensus kind of with, uh, you know, with the national writers as well.
2: Well, yeah. And it's, it's, it's no secret. I mean, if the fans can see it, then obviously, you know, it's, it's right. It's a known issue. Um, and so addressing it, it's, it's too bad. The Sam guinea's head was the one that had to roll. Right. Um, but I think that's what we're seeing here is a commitment to making a change right there that when guys get up to double AA, A, triple A and plateau, that's a failure on the part of the player development yeah. organization, uh, the player development team, really what their job is, is to turn these guys into major leaguers. Yeah. So when we see people go to other organizations and blossom after they kind of fell flat here, that, that really kind of stings. Yeah. Um, and so hopefully this is the the thing that turns that tide. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. So getting into the player development staff, this is a long list. So we're just going to kind of graze over this. The Riley Westman returns
2: as the second season of the director of player development. Yeah, he took over Sam Guinea's yeah. role, uh, but he was pretty much overseeing. I think he was farm director before he got this promotion. And then before that, he was catching. He was a roving right? catching instructor. Yeah. yeah.
1: So Mike Daly joins the Padres as assistant director of player development after spending the last five seasons as a Texas Rangers assistant general manager with Brett Becker
2: with Brett Becker, promoted the manager of player development. So that's interesting. Another guy from the Texas Rangers organization. Yeah, absolutely. And then I found this notable that Caitlin Tes- Teske takes on an expanded role as manager of learning education and life skills. Um, I know that they have classes like in spring training right. for a lot of the players, um, but I, I like seeing that the organization is investing into, you know, turning these people into, into adults, not just baseball right. players, but right. functioning adults. Cause you've got people that, you know, they, they don't come from the greatest background or maybe they're from a third world country or something. And, and there's the struggle of, or even you get top draft picks. Look what happened to um, Donovan Tate yeah. and, and, and guys like that, that they get signed and their head gets big and, things go sideways, sideways.
1: absolutely and, and learning to go to order more than just mcdonald's oh we only order the big mac because that's the only thing he could say right you know and and navigating particularly like you said particularly the international guys yes getting a completely different country completely different culture it's totally different here and i, I like that there shows that the the you know shows a so that they care more than just about the ball player, they care about the person as well,
2: for sure. And so, we're not going to read every single name on this list, no. but there are positions like research and development analyst, uh, bio sports science biomechanist. Um, yeah, Hedges Ramon. There's Ramon. a whole Ramon. lot of positions that I see here that I don't remember seeing that type of title in the past. Um, that tells me that they really do want to change the philosophy of what the, the organization's doing right um you know both at the major league level and the minor league level clinton
1: sewell returns as player development technology and video assistant so we must be getting all the video and putting that together probably not only for the players but for the front office like this is what these guys are doing sure absolutely mm-hmm. uh, you know moises Alou stays in in the organization um you know there's some talk about him maybe being the manager at one time i i get the feeling kind of like with philip wellman he just wants to be a manager like he doesn't have no big league aspirations and i kind of think the same thing with moises is he just he wants to help him in the development stage Mm -hmm. and that's where i mean god i am who did we talk to the other we talked to the other day he's like yeah i I met moises a i was like oh my god i can't believe
2: (laughs) (laughs) angela and i saw him when we were at wrigley field it was danny dens danny dens
1: was was uh well, his father was telling us, like, he was so stoked to meet Moises and Lou because Danny grew up as a,
2: as a right department
1: incident, you know, at Alan Craig, AJ Ellis, Glenn Hoffman, uh, Trevor Hoffman, and Ian Kinsler joining the Padres in 2022
2: as as player development consultants.
1: Are still with the organization, Sorry, Mike Schilt is the big one.
2: Yeah, this was a big surprise. So Mike Schilt, former manager of the St. Louis Cardinals, he'd been in the Cardinals organization for, what, pushing 15 years, I think. And he really was a player development guy all the way up until he finally got that promotion to be major league manager. Um, There's still a lot of questions as to why he was even let go. Sounds like there's a change of philosophy between him and John Mazeliak, the GM um, in St. Louis. But regardless, the Cardinal way is something that people just talk about that. That's, that's, it's an ethic. It's a, it's a whole culture that they have. Right. And you see that they bring guys up and they succeed at the major league level consistently. So he's going to be a, on a part-time basis, he still has a position with the commissioner's office. uh, But I have a, a, I had imagined that spring training, he's going to be down there the whole time. Maybe he'll stick around for extended spring training. Maybe he'll do some roving instruction kind of stuff. Um, But I like having that kind of experience. Yeah. Uh, You know, it's not some, you know, some guy that got plucked out of the Rangers organization that nobody's ever heard of. This is somebody with decades of experience in baseball.
1: And decades in in the development, in the development, in development of minor leaguers. For sure. Um, Mike McCoy will serve as minor league hitting coordinators and Oscar Bernard will join him with with that. So Mike went from like Elsinore back to, uh, you know, at least back to the, the complex
2: that may be where he's comfortable. So, yes, yeah, so we you stayed know?
1: in and he stayed close to, to, uh, to California. When we talked to him last year, he talked about being a California boy and like it's kind of nice to work in the same state that
2: you're from. Right. At least he'll be almost in the same time zone. He'll be in the same time zone half of the year. Yeah. Because they don't switch to daylight savings time. Yeah. Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> and the other so I'm going to scroll all the way down to the bottom. The other interesting name I found on here was Rudy Hiron. Long time Padres farm hand. Yes. I kind of wondered what was going to happen to him. We saw him at Lake Elsinore leaving one day and we're like, what's going to happen next to him? Um, and so now he's back with the team. He is going to be a bench coach in uh, in the Dominican Republic. Yeah. They've got a long list of coaches down there. I, the, so they list as bench coaches, Wilfried de la Cruz, Juan Rojas, Diego Cedeno and Rudy Hirón all four of those guys as bench coaches in, in the Dominican, I know they're not going to have four teams in the Dominican right. summer league, but right. at least that means a bunch of eyes, a bunch of people, you know, around to manage the players, because that's really where the guys are the most raw. They've been away from competition for years. They, there's, there's so much development being done at that level.
1: Yeah. And all those guys are going to have different roles. I'm sure Garon's going to be the infield guy.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you know, the uh, Wil- Wilfredo Dela De Cruz may be an outfielder or Juan Rojas might be the, you know, the running guy. Sure. So they're all bench coaches and parentheses or in quotes, uh-huh. but I'm sure they're all going to have their divine, their defined roles and be specific on those things. And it's great having Rudy, like here's what I did when I got here. And here's how I got to where I
2: went. Right. You know right. I mean?
1: It's just, and that brings a, uh, you know, that mentor role that is starting to be, to, to develop is fantastic.
2: For sure. For sure. All right. Well that's enough about the, the coaching staff and the player development. Um, let's get to our the interview. Gabriel on Danny Dens. Danny Dens.
1: Chevy
0: on some rich. You can't talk to my girl she a rich. Told the T-J was gonna be on the rich list. Told his black a meal on his wrist.
1: Danny Dens was signed as an undrafted free agent out of the University of Memphis in the COVID short draft season in 2020. Wearing his signature thick rim glasses that gave birth to the fear of the Gogs hashtag back in college, the crafty lefty earned a high A central pitcher of the week with his Tin caps in July with nine or two thirds shutout innings and just two hits and 10 Ks and two starts. He finished the year with a 3.26 ERA, 47 strikeouts and 49 and two thirds innings on 12 starts. And he joins us here on Friars in the Farm. Danny from the frozen tundra of Illinois.
0: Welcome to the show. Thank you, guys. Thank you for having me. Excited to be on.
2: So the first thing that people notice about you is obviously the goggles that you wear when you're on the mount. Um, what's, this, what's the backstory behind that and the the hashtag?
0: Oh, man. I mean, I started wearing rec Specs when I was like nine years old. And I don't know, it was just something that like it was just like unique to myself and I kind of just stuck with it. Like, I always, like, questioned myself, like, going into high school and college, like, do I want to keep wearing them? Do I not want to? Do I want to go to Contacts and stuff like that? Tried Contacts actually one time when I was 11, and I'm like, no, this is not me. This sucks. (laughs) Who
1: was was the pitcher for the Angels that really made that a big thing when they went to the World Series?
0: Oh, he's a relief pitcher.
2: Yeah. I know who you're talking about, but I can't remember who that was. God damn it. I mean, darn it. (laughs) Um, So
1: so it's, like – are you guys, how many feet of snow are you under right now? Is it just like stupid cold there?
0: Oh yeah. It was actually today feels a lot better than it has been when I got home, but yeah, there's snow all over the place. I mean, especially like I was in Arizona for a couple of weeks and then came back and I'm like, oh my God, this is terrible. It's like negatives. I mean, it's not fun weather. <laughs> That's I'll say the it's not so, San Diego. Let's say that. no.
2: You're in the suburbs of Chicago, right? Carpentersville. Is that yeah. where your family still lives? Yes. So did you grow up a Cubs fan?
0: yeah, huge Cubs fan, like diehard, uh, my dad, my grandpa, I mean, just kind of just followed their footsteps, and yeah, I was huge Cubs fans growing up.
2: did you have a favorite player growing up?
0: I like Ted Lilly, like a low key player starting pitcher, number thirty yeah. that's where I kind of got my number from, so I was like, I really liked him. He was like kind of like my style, and I just kind of followed him on, like for a little bit
2: yeah so he, did did he, you like practice his 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 uh his like tendencies on the mound, his, did you watch what his little idiosyncrasies were and all that?
0: Um, I mean, a little bit, like, I just like the way he pitched, like just threw three pitches for strikes, maybe four. I don't remember. I'm not too sure. I mean, just a little smaller stature, uh, lefty. I mean, it was just someone that was like, okay, like I could see my, myself being this one day and kind of just along those lines.
1: And he was crafty too. He didn't throw hard. He threw junk. Yeah. He, he he kept the ball moving. And that's kind of what I mean, it's funny. Whenever we saw, Oh yeah. Ted, Lee, you know, Ted Lee's pitching against the Padres. Oh, we got to rope this guy. He throws 89. Yeah. yeah Change up two seamer, just nothing in the middle of the zone.
2: And we lose like five zero. Mm. Yeah. So totally. as cold as it is back there right now, you know, you grew up in this stuff. How did you, how did you work through the off season? You know, with, with snow outside with cold and all this.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, luckily just like, Having facilities nearby that I was able to go in and do my throwing, my training. Uh, like I have a family friend of mine that owns a facility not too far from me. So I was able to go there quite a bit during the off season, get my work in. And there was like a gym literally right next to it that I've been going to for years. So it's really oh, yes. convenient for myself.
2: But what about back when you were like eight, 10 years old? Did you, uh, wow. you and mom and dad go out in the backyard and just go wing it around in the snow?
0: Uh sometimes. I mean, like if there was a day, like maybe the beginning of winter, maybe it's like 30 to two degrees. Like, oh, that's go play some catch. Like something like that. Like, and he'd do it. I mean, going hitting was a little tough because yeah, I didn't feel too great on the hands back then. But, uh, no, just like, especially when I got deeper in the snow, I was like, dad, when you get a tunnel or something, like I can't, we're not going out here.
2: <laughs> so you're digging a tunnel it's, under the backyard. Right. Like, and it's bad for your office
1: <laughs> in that cold of weather. Also, so what, at what age did like, cause you, you know, you, you're, you're, you're a professional pitcher. So there's gotta be a time when you like dad's like, all right, son, I can't catch your bullpen. You're throwing way too hard for me now. Like w- when did that happen?
0: Uh, I would probably say around like the 14, 15 year old, yeah, he was, uh, I mean, then again, like he tried still, but he was like, you can't be 100%. Like it has right. to be like 70%, 80%, something like that.
2: <laughs> so you got a younger brother, right? Did he start getting down in the squat and catching you?
0: <laughs> oh my gosh, he did for a little bit. Like he tried to, and then as I kept getting older, like pitches started getting a little better and stuff like that, he bailed on me too. He only like to play catch with me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> knock, knock, knock. Hey, let's go play catch no i'm playing i'm, I'm what i have the cat in here i can't go outside
0: <laughs> exactly it was something everything i was like dude you like i'm not playing cuts with you they're like are you doing curveballs or change ups today <laughs> i'm like i have to he's like all right no
2: okay so you're a pitcher now but word on the street is back in the day you could rake pretty well um, do you would did growing up did you have any interest in being a two-way player
0: uh, I mean, like, I loved hitting growing up, honestly, growing up in little league, like that was my favorite thing was hitting. Like I tell my, like you can ask my dad, like, like hours on end, we'd be in the backyard or in the park, like just hidden. And, um, uh, as I got older and started getting the travel ball more, it was just like, I knew I was gonna be a pitcher. So it was just something I started to focus on more, but just going back. Like, it was so fun. Like in Cooperstown, like dreams park tournament, like hit six home runs there. Dude, uh, wow! Like, yeah, that was like, on that's one of my claim to fame. It's like, no one believes me. And I was like, you can literally like, I can, you could ask anybody on my team. Like six. <laughs> Were you pitching yeah, and so, hitting
1: bombs too? You did both?
0: I, I did do both. Yeah. I, I loved it. Like it was so much fun. And then as I got into high school and everything and people started throwing a little bit harder, things started moving more. I'm like, yeah, it's not me. <laughs> <laughs>
2: so are you a little bit bummed that the DH seems to be here to stay?
0: Oh, uh, like, yes and no. I mean, not with the way pitchers are now, like throwing 95 plus and sweeping sliders with 20 inches of movement. And I'm good. Like,
1: right. <laughs> See, that's a man who knows he's no
2: fooling around. I got to know your limitations. Yeah.
1: Like have a, yeah, yeah. a real professional hitter do that kind
0: of stuff. Exactly. So did you play any
2: other sports growing up? A lot of guys play football, basketball, whatever. Or were you just a baseball rat from day one?
0: Uh, I mean, I played basketball for one season. Uh, I tried soccer. Um, I never really played organized football. It was more so just like messing around in the park with the friends, family. So, but I don't know. I just like, I, honestly, it wasn't, t- I was terrible at basketball. Like was not good at all. It wasn't my thing. Soccer scored one goal in the first game of the year. And that was all she wrote right there. Uh, said, like, but now it, years old, right? <laughs> like, yep. Yep. Uh, that's it. And after that, I was like, I'm just going to stick with baseball. This is the thing I'm best at. Yeah. Like I nope. I encourage kids to play as many sports as possible, but just in my circumstances, I'm like, I just want to play baseball. No uh, no
1: hockey either, and eh? it being you know, being in Chicago or you know, in the area. Interesting.
0: Yeah, no, yeah. No, and mainly just like had some uh, buddies that lived on like a lake. So sometimes we play like pond hockey or uh like just like floor hockey or something like that, but nothing organized by any means.
2: I, I hear hockey is a really expensive sport yeah. for a youth sport, like all the equipment and oh, all yeah. the everything else. So oh, yeah. what was your high school career like?
0: Uh I'm high school. So freshman year, I was on the got bumped to the sophomore team and then sophomore junior senior year, I was on varsity. Um I like it was pretty good. Uh I was all conference, all area, two years in a row, like the area leader in strikeouts, uh junior and senior year. So like I just like I was I feel like I was a pretty good high school ball player and all. So yeah, I was treated pretty well.
2: I guess that's what got you noticed by Memphis. Was it, was it, was it easy choosing Memphis or did you have other options? What, what was your, uh, how'd you wind up going to college there?
0: Yeah. So my goal from the start was uh, I wanted to play South, um, get out of the cold for one. And uh, I, just <laughs> I just wanted to be, uh, I just felt like the, uh, just the competitive and like, I'll be more competitive down there. I'd be able to get way more work in down there and I'd find out if I'm what I'm made of basically. So yeah, Memphis was my only official offer. I had one that was coming later. So once I took, I once I got Memphis's offer, I was like, this is honestly like where I want to, I see myself fitting. So I just thought it was the best decision at the time for myself.
2: Did you go down and like visit the campus, talk to the coaches, all that stuff?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've been down like multiple times. I uh, got really familiar with the coaches. Uh, that was honestly one of the main reasons I wanted to go there, because all three coaches were such great people. Um, they were just like more. They were more than just baseball. Like they wanted to treat us like men, make us in the yeah. men, make it like a family environment. So I was really happy about that. So were my parents.
1: Yeah, and that's one of the things about college. It's. You know, Rich Hill, uh, uh, he, managed, uh, he was a coach for USD here in San Diego for a real long time, and he was at some conference talking about leadership, and, and he's like, I don't, I don't raise players, I don't have ballplayers. I have men. I'm developing men. Mm-hmm. Uh, baseball is just something that we do. And, and yeah. that's, you know, when it comes to college, all those coaches, yeah, they coach you baseball, but it's really about being turning you into a man. And, and when you're at the high level of, of collegiate competition there, you know, baseball, it's, it's based on failure. And so being able to deal with that, and then you know studying with the you know balancing that with the books, and then social life, and just you know you're at a time in your life where you're becoming a man. Baseball coaches they develop men. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So my brother and my dad uh, live in McKenzie, Tennessee, which is about
0: okay.
1: Uh, well, eighty miles from Jackson, I know that about fifty miles from Jackson. Okay, so. So we've—I'm uh, familiar with the area. We never made it to Memphis yet. We want to go. Uh, mm-hmm. My wife and I—we want to go down and see uh, Graceland. Oh yeah, yeah.
2: Well, you got to go check out Beale Street. Yeah, Beale Street. Yeah, yeah we don't drink, yeah, but we that's... love the music. And you got the Memphis hey, Redbirds; yeah. they're right there in downtown.
0: Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Did that's you catch right. you any
2: Memphis? Any? Did you catch any Memphis Redbird games when you were there?
0: Uh, yeah, actually, been to—I uh, would say a few. And the funny thing is that so whenever we would play like SEC opponents or anything, our home games would be held at Memphis Redbird stadium. Oh, So that, is so that was, yeah. So that was really cool experience just being on you know, like, honestly, it's probably one of the best AAA parks and all of minor leagues. And uh, it was super cool. Like it was pretty fascinating, honestly.
2: So I was looking at your your stats from your time at Memphis, and it looks like you split time between starting and relieving. You're more of a starter, but were you kind of going back and forth? How did you handle the transition between the two?
0: Yeah. So, like, I was, like, my first few years there was never really, like, I established myself as a starter. So, like, I would get spot starts here and there, and then uh, coming out of the bullpen. So it was, like, a little bit tough because in high school, I was mainly a starter, or my sophomore year on varsity, I was closing. So it was like, I knew when I was going to go into the game or start the game per se. And like going in the college, I mean, it's a completely different animal. Uh, so getting used to the adjustments of being in the bullpen and then like, Hey, like you're going to be starting today. So it's like, everything was like, I didn't like, it was almost like a lack of like prepared being prepared in a sense, because I was, that's not what I was used to. So it was something I had to get used to because I knew like, if I had a chance to play pro ball, I could be either way. And whatever they want to give me the chance to do, that's what I would do. i want. like, That's all I wanted. So it was a big adjustment.
2: So are you, um, there's, there's a routine that every pitcher every player has when they're preparing for a game. Um, did you have a hard time kind of getting used to the relief side of it? Is your, was your routine like really involved or how does that work?
0: Yeah. So like, um, establishing a routine for me was huge, uh, especially like in college for sure. And then kind of bringing that over to the pro side. um, so I thought that was the biggest challenge because pregame I had a really big routine of doing certain things like orderly, and in the bullpen everything is on the fly, of course. So it's like, hey, uh, get up. Are you almost ready yet? I'm like, you just called me down, like stuff like that. So,
1: <laughs> haven't been through my superstitions yet, man. Give me a minute here. Hold on.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was just like I had like my way to my way to ball routine, uh, right. like sort of like, st- like stretching and stuff like that. So it was really like tough in college at first because I was like, I'm not used to this. And it's like, I I feel like I took a little bit longer to get warm. And they sent me down there like, Hey, you need to hurry up. And I'm like, Oh crap. Like you got to get going. You got
1: to save against Vandy. Yeah. Uh, no,
0: I, mm I never, I never played Vandy in my time there.
1: Oh man, I'm sorry. I I, I've, I've been doing a lot
2: of
0: prep with a lot of different players. (laughs) No, you're good. You're good.
2: Okay. So 2020 was supposed to be your senior season. Um, you were coming into it. You're probably, I'm sure you were feeling primed for a strong season. You're going to make a good showing for the draft and all this. And then COVID happened and the season kind of stopped before it even started. Um, can you take us through that, that whole spring for you?
0: Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah that was like insane, like I don't even know how to like, explain it still like it was we were, I remember we were in uh we were playing u n c w uh Wilmington and I had my start on Friday uh and then I've thrown the best start so far that that was my fourth start, my best start so far, and getting ready to go play Indiana next weekend, so we wrap up the series so then we go to our midweek playing middle Tennessee and finished that little two game set. Okay. Getting ready to go play IU. And, uh, it was like, yeah. So we've seen other, uh, everybody's, all the guys are on Twitter on the bus and it's like, Hey, uh, like pac 12, just banged their season. Uh, SEC is on the verge of stopping their season. Like we're like, what's going on. And then like, are we, so like, we traveled a little bit, maybe like 30, 40 minutes and we're stopping a parking lot because our coach told us like, Hey, uh, something's going on right now. I'm not sure like what's going on, but, like we're trying to figure it out sent us home we're in memphis go right into the meeting room and it's like yeah guys uh season's over and we're like what and it was just like very emotional roller coaster like us seniors are like well like what are we going to do like like i had four games like uh drafts coming up at the end of this year like um, like what's going to happen? Like, am I going to be able to, if I don't get drafted, will I be able to play next year? Like what's right. going to, what's going to happen? There's just so many unknowns because no one could answer it. So it was like not, ha- not having the ball in your court was very tough at that time. So it was an emotional roller coaster for sure.
2: Well, and what you're describing there, my, my thought goes to the guy that maybe doesn't have the aspiration of playing pro ball and they're sitting there going, I just played the last right baseball game. Right that i'm gonna play you know outside right. of yeah. like rec ball that's that's got to be just such a deflating yeah. kind of a thing you're you're looking mm-hmm. forward to that senior night when they have the balloons and they call everybody's name and your family comes that, in and yeah. they got that all taken away from them yeah so then yeah you knew that the draft was coming you got to stay in shape you need to how how do you do that with covid starting up and all these regulations and nobody knows what's going on
0: yeah that was uh that was honestly a real testament to like how bad do you want it. Like it was like I'm luckily in my, I had a really great support system with my family, my fiance. Um like I was able to me my my dad and my grandpa, we built like a plyo wall, we built a portable mound in the backyard. Uh my dad's really big in the lifting, so we have a garage gym. So I was able to like get a lot of my training done that I needed. And plus I have a park in the backyard. So I was able to get my throwing in if I needed to go longer. So that was honestly, like, it was a true testament. It was like, how bad do you want to play pro ball? Like, this is what you have to do to get there. And like, that was like when action spoke louder than words right there. And that was something I had to do to make it to where I want to be.
1: Right. You know, and it's, and it's like, you're building the plane as you're flying it. Like no one's done that before. Like, I, I guess i got to stay in shape. I guess I had to continue to do my throwing program. Um, mm-hmm. can I find some guys to throw to, can I, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, you can, you can pick up yeah. a bat. Can you pick up a bat? Let me throw some pictures. <laughs> um, yeah, just stand in there. Right. So after, after the, you know, the short draft like that, there was like a two day waiting period. Uh, mm-hmm. after that, um, you know, you had, did you have your choice of what other teams were getting a hold of you? Why did you pick the Padres and how did that kind of go?
0: Yeah. Um, so I, over the whole, like one, so I know there was a period, uh, during the COVID offseason, when teams couldn't contact you at all, so um, once that period, with that dead period, was over, um, I talked to about nine teams. Uh, I and I think the biggest, like the top three teams, were of course the Padres, the Cubs, and then the Blue Jays. Um, so like after talking with uh, them during the offseason, I uh, actually had a Zoom a Zoom meeting with the Padres, and like I just like I talked to the area scout for. Oh my gosh. Like oh, so many times. And I just, we are trying to build a really good relationship and I was super, like I was just super happy with how they like, they would reach out to me and like how they treated me. And uh, so once that, uh, after the draft, after those two days came up uh, on that Sunday morning, I got a call right when like the clock hit, I think it was like eight maybe. And I got a call from scout and it was like, Hey man, I'm, like just checking in on you. I'm going to talk with the, with the guys over here and we want to make an offer. So I called my agents, told them, and they're like, all right, once you get that offer, uh, call us right back. So got a call a few minutes later, got the offer, called my agent right back. And I was like, Hey, this is what they're, uh, putting down. And they were like, let's do it. Like they've reached out the most to you. It seems like they really like you and they they see you somewhere. So just after like realizing that, um, Called them back, said I just wanted to be a Padre. And it was just an insane mix of emotions, like starting going from COVID, not playing ball to just training literally all like for the next months on end and just getting the opportunity. So I was super excited.
1: Well, the cool thing was seeing the video on Twitter. Yeah, your Uh, dad posted that video of you
2: on the phone. That was great.
1: I want to be a Padre. And like, I could just, I could feel your dad on the other side of the phone just going like, oh, just yeah. with emotion. You know, just, God, I love, this is what I love about baseball. It's, there's so much, it's such a hard sport and it's so mm. hard to get to the major league level. So just to get drafted, just to get noticed um, by yeah. a major league team and get an offer, um, it's gotta be, it's obviously one step from a larger, you know, larger goal, but like, it's yeah. huge. It's every kid's freaking dream to have the major league team go, we want you. Mm-hmm. You guys didn't even know we I didn't even know he thought I existed, you know. <laughs> you
2: know. Well, kudos to Scout Steven Baker. He's the yeah, guy that yeah, was Baker. that was working with you, yep. right? So it yes. sounds like he did yep. a great job in, you know, making you feel wanted and that's so we're we're grateful that he brought you on board. Um Thank you. Congratulations on completing your degree in sports nice. management. You know, I Thank know a you. lot of guys they wind up just going to college to play ball, so good for you for finishing that degree because there will be a career after baseball. Hopefully that's yes. many years away. Uh, yeah. And I have a did you know here? So you are the third Memphis Tiger to be signed by the Padres, joining Eric Schoenrock and Jason Weedmeyer. Uh, Eric's father Darren Schoenrock, has been the head coach of the of the Memphis Tiger since two thousand five, and Eric is now head coach at Southwest Tennessee Community College. So was your did did you have that that connection drawn before you signed?
0: Um. Uh honestly like i knew so i knew eric was uh uh, with the padres and he got drafted by them and uh coach Schoenrock, uh he knew like i knew like he's like so well known around like this he knows everybody so i knew there was a connection there but um he also told me he was like yeah like the the, about the padres being like really interested in me and uh possibly wanting to pursue that at this time hopefully being drafted by them but then uh yeah, so there was—I feel like yeah—there was like a little bit of a connection there, I'd say for sure.
2: So with the draft chopped down to only five rounds, it, it deprived a lot of people of the experience of hearing their name called. Uh, were you expecting to get selected before you knew that the draft was was going to be cut short?
0: Um, yeah, I anticipated it just from like what I've heard, like in like fall meetings, and then like early spring, like spring scrimmages and stuff like that, just for like uh, just projections, but. I was like, I mean, yeah, it's everybody, every kid's dream to get their name called and whatnot. But like, it's just the opportunity for me. It's all that I cared about. I just wanted to be able to show myself. That was it.
1: Nice. So I, I, I got to ask. So obviously you didn't say with the Cubs. So when your parents come out this next spring training, they're going to go, all right, we're going to spend two days with you. And then we're going to go bang <laughs> over the Cubs spring training. Can you call <laughs> some guys over there? Maybe, you know, somebody can meet somebody.
0: <laughs> Honestly, it wouldn't surprise me. My dad, my dad's never been there. Funny thing. He's never been, uh, to spring training for the Cubs, so i'm honestly i'm sure he would want to visit
2: <laughs> their, their ballpark is really nice yeah. It's it's like a mini league yeah. field yeah yeah yeah, and, yeah, and,
0: yeah and,
2: and
1: spring training is such a blast like we whenever we go um we spend all our time in the backfields like we'll we'll get there early me my wife him and his wife we' sometimes we go together but we spend all day in the backfields like oh yeah then we have a major league game and like for for me at least for the first three or four innings you're fine the major leaguers yeah i see the big guys that's fine Oh, look, look who's coming. You know, the guys that come in in the fourth or fifth inning, like, yeah, we know that guy. We know that guy. You know, we're more excited about the
2: end of the games
1: than we are during yeah.
0: the,
2: in yeah, the major league. For sure.
1: sure. That's funny.
2: Okay. So you sign on the dotted line and you're still kind of stuck at home and you know that you're not going to be able to report to any kind of a camp for a while. What, what was that whole process? When did you finally get to show up for an actual workout with the team?
0: Yeah. So yeah. it was December. Um, actually, no, so I flew in November 30th. I flew in for like a, like a three week strength camp. That was my first time having like any being at the facility in the complex in uh, Peoria. And like, it was just like eye opening. I was like, Oh my gosh, like this being here, like that was like the first step of like my professional career, like being there. And because like, yeah, I was like, I got signed and everything, but like being home, it was like, so different. And it was like everyone asked me, like, "Do you feel like a professional baseball player?" I'm like, "Not yet." Right. Did they at like- least send you
2: like a hat and a, and some workout, right? And, like a pair of shorts and a t shirt or something to make you feel like you're at least
0: part of something? Not actually, not yet. They didn't. But that was like waiting for me at the complex when I got there.
1: You get in the minor league side and you're like, oh, you know. Then the major league start walking in. You're like, goddamn! I guess I'm a professional baseball player.
0: Yeah. Yeah. For sure.
2: Now, so what's the layout in, in Peoria? Like there's a, there's a clubhouse for the major league side and the, and the minor league side, right?
0: Yes. Yeah, there is.
2: Do you guys co-mingle a lot or is it kind of segregated? Is, is Everybody's like walking around eating lunch, all that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah. So like at spring training, I feel like this year, uh, will be my first year from like, from talking to the other guys that have been there previously, they said this year was like the most, like everybody was like together. They said, normally it's super segregated. But this year, like it was way like more together. Like everyone was mingling more, Um, not so many, like, I guess, like groups per se. So I feel like this this past year was like this from what I've heard from others, that was way better.
1: Well, but that would make sense. You know, I, I don't know how they're but you would want to be around major league guys. Just even if it's in the locker, like getting ready, just picking the brain. Like, Hey, what are you going to do right now? Well, this is when I do my thing. This is when I go eat. And this is, yeah.
2: Well, like you, when you're talking to Zach Mathis and you said that he was on a rehab or yeah, he was in
1: Zach was telling us how he went to,
2: he was started
1: in like Elsinore. (laughs) He started an A ball Mm -hmm. and then got a weekend up in El Paso. Yeah. And and he's like, so I thought I was going to catch bullpen. So I'm hanging out with uh, Austin Nola who was rehabbing. Mm -hmm. And I just, I just sat and talked to the guy and picked his brain and watched what that major leaguer did in order to get prepared. And he's like, it was eye opening, the difference between where I was in Lake Elsinore to what this major league guy does
2: every day to be ready to play ball.
0: Yeah, for sure.
2: So this, now that you've had a full season of ball, well, I guess mostly a full season, you spent what, about a week in the, in the Arizona summer league. And then you went up to Fort Wayne and for the rest of the season there, um, can you pull some highlights, some, some memorable moments from, from your experience, your first year?
0: Yeah. Um, so initially going from spring training, I was initially supposed to go to Fort Wayne, but then at my last outing of spring training, I suffered a bicep strain literally like two days before I was supposed to leave. So that was like, I was like, oh my gosh, like, this is not what I wanted. But I mean, I just like, I had to just go with it and just a little obstacle that I had to overcome. So after rehabbing, getting better, getting uh, a few outings in the Arizona uh, League, um, got sent to Fort Wayne. Like I think two days before the draft, and like I would say, just like my first, like really special moment was on Sunday when I got there, just like walking onto the field, and it was like my first experience at like affiliate ball. I'm like, this park is insane. Like I loved it so much. And were you hearing
2: the music like in like in Field of Dreams when they step out? (laughs) (laughs)
0: just about like I was like looking around like it's like a kid in a candy store I was like this is insane like
2: and he's been there a couple of times and it is I mean like oh we love that place we're already talking about our next trip to get back what an amazing ballpark and everybody that that operates it you know from the top down it's just a a top-notch organization and it's in single a and they're better run than a bunch of triple a ballparks I'm sure so so I have a question
1: During during the uh, so I watched the 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 uh, the South Bend game when there was the big brawl. Where were you in the brawl? Were you at the bullpen?
0: Uh, oh no, I was still in Arizona rehabbing.
1: Ah, and, uh,
0: yeah, I know. And like, it was we we're like we, like walked up to the for the next morning. We like walked up and everyone's on their phone, like looking at them, like, and like and did like everyone's talking about the fight that happened, the brawl, and like they're looking for all the guys they know in there, and it was. <sighs> It was insane. I was like, this is the beginning of the season. I'm like, oh my gosh, it was crazy. It
1: was, we talked to Carter Lowen and Lowen's like, yeah, I was in the bullpen and guy like, had to do the,
0: yeah he had to yeah. jog and out and just jog to make out the, the because like, well, he, he
2: knew this. that he was going to be going in, right. like right when it was all over. So he can't, he can't get in there swinging.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> Cause exactly. he's got to stay yeah. hot.
0: Exactly. <laughs> that was just, that was incredible. It was incredible.
2: And
1: he, and he tells me, he's like, he tells us, he's like, so I go in right after the fight. And the Empire part, goes, you know, you've been, you know, he's been warned. Right. And he's like, uh, okay,
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's the first guy, a cutter gets away from <laughs> him and he hits the, guy. <laughs>
1: he hits the first oh, no. guy and he didn't get banged, but it was like, he's like, it
2: was yeah, an accident. like,
0: like oh, I'm sorry. Yep. that's so funny.
2: Okay. So you oh, got man. sent out to the Midwest league, uh, Fort Wayne's what, like a couple hours away mm. from Chicago and you got all whole, all the, all the ballparks are right around there. Did you have yeah. like a traveling fan club coming out to a big fear the Gog section for you?
0: <laughs> uh, I had, there was like, there were some, yeah. Like honestly, every park was within two and a half to four hours. I like, think the farthest one for my family was Great Lakes, the Dodgers. And they, they did make it out there and uh, they're like the only Fort Wayne fans there and they're getting a little hassled a little bit. So that was kind of funny. Yeah. For no reason just because hey. of them being Fort Wayne fans but yeah it's it it's so friendly
2: it's all in good fun yeah. but it's minor than yeah. baseball it's not like well, the Dodgers so yeah it makes lots of sense
0: <laughs> yeah exactly so that was something but yeah in Fort Wayne I had like my op- my first start I had like a couple of like high school buddies that came and then my fiance and then my whole family and then my brother and then his girlfriend so and uh I think later on I had a couple other um another start. I had a couple other family members come out, and definitely made the shirts and nice. whatnot. So that was funny. So that was a, a good li- time.
2: I'm a little bit disappointed that you skipped uh Lake Elsinore. Yeah. Because I would have loved to rock one of those shirts yeah. at, at the diamond. <laughs> uh, but yeah. we'll we'll find it one way or the other. Yeah. So have you guys set a date yet? Oh, yeah. Congratulations. Uh, absolutely. Congratulations yeah, thank
0: on you. she said
1: yes. How'd that go down?
0: Oh, uh, that was uh December 17th was the date. Uh I so basically, I was in a group chat with uh, so her. My so funny thing is, my brother's girlfriend is was high, uh, college roommates with my fiance. That's how my brother and uh, his girlfriend met. So, and then I was in a group chat with her and then one uh, Nicole's best friend from high school. And we were kind of setting up, I was asking, like, hey guys, help me out, please, because like <laughs> I'm nervous as crap right over here. And uh, so of like went through some ideas found the one that was the best I like it was in her hometown a downtown area all my family and her family was there we had dinner and walking uh, from dinner to like this uh the meeting spot she saw all family and friends there and was like what's going on and (laughs) that's that's yeah so that's when i uh, proposed to her uh so that was it was awesome that whole week i couldn't sleep i was even though Uh... we've been dating for we've been dating for eight years so it was like I figured, like ninety nine percent sure she'd say yes.
2: So it's <laughs> always that one percent
0: in the background <laughs> mind.
2: <laughs> right. you what know? if she goes running away, crying? <laughs>
0: yeah,
2: <laughs> God, exactly. years,
1: I feel like we really should have her on and talk about having a baseball, being a baseball girlfriend, a
2: baseball fiance. Yeah. Man, she's a lifer now. Gosh, yeah, she's in the Literally. deal. Oh so yeah, who, for sure. So who were some of your uh, roommates in Fort Wayne?
0: Yeah, uh, I had uh, Felix Menhares, uh Cody Tyler uh sam williams chris given um chris uh who else ripkin reyes when he came up uh i say cody tyler already um and oh uh Wen hua sung okay nice. yeah. yeah
2: so cody tyler okay so when my wife and i were out in fort wayne we were out by the bullpen just kind of hanging out watching the game and he he sparked up a conversation with us he is the nicest guy. I, I hope that oh, he, yeah. the little, our interaction matches up with what, what a genuine person he is. Unfortunately, yeah. I just saw today that he was released by the mm-hmm. Padres, um, a, what, a week or two yeah. ago. So I'm a little, little bummed for him. Hopefully yeah. he's on to you know, bright things still. Um, I messaged yeah. him on Instagram. He is going to try to get picked up by another team. Yeah. Um, yeah. But anyway... Cody Tyler I'm a big fan of the guy personally just because he was nice to me and my wife so did you learn
0: do you learn any Spanish oh my I like very very little uh I I try like I try more so Spanglish when I try and talk (laughs) but like there's words here and there I try and like spit out and I have to ask him too I'm like am I saying this right?" right and stuff like that so like i I wanted to learn more because yep. I, I know they're trying hard to learn English and whatnot. So I was like, at least I want to try and learn their language too.
2: Now Wen Hua Sung, he's from he's from Taiwan, right? Yeah, you, you didn't learn any Taiwanese, did you?
0: Nothing. Uh, nothing that was good. at, Let's say that. The rather
2: say, oh, you learned a couple of curse words at least. <laughs> nothing, yeah, something so, doesn't
0: make this place explicit on the podcast. Yeah, so that was funny. Yeah, that was a really. But he speaks very good English, though. So like, he was very like fluent English. Uh, so that was, it was super easy to talk with him. Kind of like what his background was like growing up. So that was really cool. So I actually roomed with him on our away trips. So that was really cool. Kind of get to know him nice. and his backstory.
2: Nice. Nice. Okay. So we've been talking about the personal side. So we should know a little bit about your game. What do you, what do you throw? What do you feel like some of your strengths?
0: Yeah. So I throw fastball, curveball changeup, and I'm in the process of developing like a two seam sinker and then like a sweeping slider. But for last year I was main, I was just fastball curveball change up. And uh, I felt, I felt my, so after, so weird thing was I learned how to throw this change up, the COVID off literally right before spring training, me and my trainer, and it happened to be my best graded pitch, and which was like the absurd. Every, all the coaches were like, "Well, like, how does that like? It's crazy. Like, how does that happen?" And yeah, that was my best graded pitch throughout the whole off season or through the whole season on the twenty to eighty scale. So I thought that was really cool because I just started throwing it, so I can still improve on that, of course. But um, I really fell in love with my curveball. Um, I felt like I could throw it early, late in the count, and I just felt like I had a, a good amount of success with it throughout the season, and then establishing my fastball in areas where I knew I could have success, which was mainly like top of the zone and whatnot. Like I knew, like later on, once I could establish that, I could set myself up for my off speed. So that was something that I learned, like a few starts in, was like I need to get my fastball in the places to where my I could pair it with my off speed ball. So
2: so you mentioned Ted Lilly. One thing that comes to mind with Ted Lilly, he was really good at pitching to contact. Um, and I saw in, a, in an interview with you that you, you talked about trusting your defense behind you uh, being that you're a little bit older than many of your teammates that, that you played with in Fort Wayne. Do you feel like that? You feel like a you have a bit of a step ahead where you trust that versus just trying to blow everybody away.
0: Right. Yeah. So like that was something like I had to figure out was like, Kind of like knowing who you are, and just like trusting like your ability to pitch, and that was something that I learned like a, like a couple starts in because my first couple starts was like I had to get my feet wet, kind of like because throwing to those hitters was completely different than like I say spring training or like in the Arizona League for a little bit. So I had to learn like where my pitches would play the best. So I, my whole thing was just pitch the contact and. Induce weak contact and trust my defense because our, de- I like throwing like pitching for our team. I thought was easy wow. because our defense was spectacular. Yeah. So it just made it a lot easier on all our pitchers.
2: And you got guys like Justin Lopez behind you. You know that yeah. gonna scoop it all up. Zach exactly, at third.
0: Exactly. So, exactly.
2: So did, you, so
1: did you find when you guys? So you're you're seeing these guys a lot now. You're seeing one team six times. Um, you know when you weren't pitching, did you? Now you guys are probably start sure, tracking pitches, but were you kind of just. Developing your game plan as a, you know against guys like okay, I've seen this guy a couple of times. Oh, he rocked me here. Let me see if I can do that. You know, did you find yourself being able to maybe uh, scout guys a little bit better than uh, than seeing him maybe in a three game series and you're on the road again?
0: Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, it was I would say it was definitely easier to be able to since we're faced six game series. I mean, if you're pitching on a Tuesday, you're pitch on that Sunday, so it's like you're facing them twice. And I feel like it was easier. And especially with our pitching coach, Jimmy Jones. Jimmy Jones, he was just, yeah, he was like, he's, I picked his brain so much. I mean, he just, he's so good at knowing like what pitches to throw when and where, and he helped me out tremendously. Like it was so fun talking with him. Cause I mean, he a, was a six, seven year big leaguer yeah. playing Japan for a little bit. I mean, first rounder out of high school. So like I just wanted to pick his brain and like kind of like learn his like just like pitch philosophies and pitches to throw when and where. So I thought that was awesome. It was a great asset to have.
2: Nice. So as a lefty, you had the experimental pickoff rules, uh, the limitations on how many times you could throw over and stepping off the rubber and stuff. How did you feel? Did you feel like that affected you or were you able to adapt to it pretty quick?
0: Yeah. So like my first start, once I uh, got the four wing, that was the last day of the rule. So ah. they had, they had to remind me and was like, make sure you step off before you pick. And it was like it was weird. I mean, like I normally just like I don't like, I don't know, I guess I don't try to pick off people, but more so keep them honest over there. Um and just be have like mix up my tempos and my holds and whatnot. So I didn't like I feel like it didn't affect me too much, but like well from what JJ was saying, uh he was telling me like they picked off so many guys because a lot of the base runners like even got caught off guard with the rules being displayed. It was like I thought that was pretty nuts.
2: Yeah. That seems backwards. You would yeah. think the guys would be able to run wild because they can go on first yeah. move.
0: Exactly. It was super weird. So like a lot of righties, like a lot of righties were picking off them and they got like their backs to them and they got to step off. <laughs> it was insane. <laughs> the I've world didn't even too. change for them. <laughs>
2: so, so what's your off season been like? Um, I know some guys pick up a job in the off season. Some guys do some coaching. Uh What have you been doing to keep busy?
0: Yeah. So, um, I've just been, so I took four days off once I got back from Instructs, just being, but I just wanted to just get away from baseball just for a little bit The training, just be with my family for a couple of days. So I started up uh, lifting uh, four days after Instructs and I've been training with uh, my, so actually one of my really good buddies, he's a throwing trainer in Nashville who I'm going to see here tomorrow and for a couple of weeks. Uh, He's been my trainer for about a year and a half, two years now. And he's just, I love, him. man, just like talking to him is awesome. He's just so, he's very new school and he's very, I thinks outside the box for a lot of things. He's definitely not like original. So that's the thing I really like about him. We've worked together so well, but just like being with him remotely, I, I do, I do my lifts and my throwing with him remotely throughout the whole off season. And I picked up some, uh, just like some lessons here and there trying to just like help some kids out and whatnot. But. I've been really spending a lot of time that's training because my, I'm lucky enough. My parents helped me out a lot and they want to do be what's best. Yeah. What's best for me. And they just, just like, they know we know they said they know you're going to bust your ass and whatnot. Excuse my language. but
2: No, absolutely. But,
0: uh, so it's like, as long as you keep doing that, we'll do the best we can. So, I mean, it's all I can ask for. And like, I know they know that but, no, I'm, like, I'm going to give it my all no matter what. So I was very grateful for them and everything they do for me.
2: So did you have any particular goals this off season where you working on any like particular body areas or mobility or anything like that? Was there a goal?
0: Yeah. So, uh, with this off season, a lot of, uh, the stuff we've been focused on is a lot of like my spine, like mobility, like T spine and whatnot. So, I've been doing like I've been doing a ton of like back bridges, almost like gymnastic stuff. Like a lot of back bridges, a lot of like different like side bends, like things you would like think that may be like, oh my god, that looks like it hurts or something like that. But like oh, building, <laughs> I
2: I saw this one thing you were doing. It was like you were holding a wheel and then you like spun around backwards. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 yeah. If you did that, my back would go right down the middle. But <laughs> yeah, I, so it, it looked like, like- it felt really good.
0: Yeah, it's like stuff like that. It was just like a lot of things that like are outside the norm for baseball training. I'd say at right now, I think it's gonna build up to that point. But my, I feel like my trainer Drew is very hard, like ahead of the game right now, and he's like really doing a lot of good stuff. So a lot of mobility. Like I'm just trying to get into really good positions uh, throughout the delivery. Kind of my main goal. I want to throw harder. That's my goal, and I feel like I have more in the tank to offer. So. That and then so far this off season, I want to develop like a like that two seam sinker and then that slider. Just uh like I want to try and like throw. I guess that's five pitches I'd be throwing. But yeah. if they grade out well and one pitch is better than the other, then I have room more room. So I'm kind of just trying to see what's like what's best for me and uh, what I can do to keep like going up through the system.
2: Yeah. So and, have uh, have you been working with like a pitch, a pitch? What what do they call it? The lab that you know, where they show like on the edgertronic, how the ball comes yeah. off your fingers and you can see what the rotation is. Have you been working in that you kind know, of kind an of environment or, or are you just kind of going with what your eye sees as the ball comes out of your hand?
0: No, I would say more so on the data side of things. So while I was in Arizona, I was on like TrackMan, man, edgertronic, kind of like just seeing how the ball's coming out of my hands. Um, and then when I go to Nashville, I'll be on the same thing with TrackMan and uh, edgertronic, just kind of like fine tuning my pitches and trying to develop them into plus pitches because that's what uh, that's what we want is we want uh, my offerings to be plus pitches and yeah. that just create more room for success with my arsenal and then I think the and I think the main goal would be adding some below and getting my average velocity on my fastball higher because then that would make my secondary pitches better
2: naturally. But the, the mobility stuff that you're working on, it all sounds like that's kind of like a, an injury prevention kind of a thing. Cause your body gets into unusual. It's the weird things that happen when people wind up hurting themselves and they make a move. That's just a little different from what they're used to. So if you've already been working on stretching yourself and you know, then hopefully that should get you through another season healthy.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's like the big thing. So like a lot of, so like a lot of, uh, like pitchers myself, even before training with drew, like I wouldn't do like these almost like end range range of motion type exercises. So like when I go off the pitch and I try to get in those positions, my body's not used to it. Like you said, right. so the goal is to do that in the weight room, let your body get used to that stress in the weight room and then incorporate that to the mound so that my body's already used to those uh, movement patterns that I'm trying to create. So injury, yeah, it could be injury prevention for sure.
1: Muscle memory injury prevention. Yeah. We're, we're big into stress. My wife and I are big into stretch. We always work out when we work out, you know, just hit the stretch room and just, just stretch.
0: Super (laughs) important.
1: Yeah. At our age, it's really, really, really important.
2: (laughs) So you say you're going down to Nashville to go work with your, your pitching coach. Um, What else is on your, uh, your calendar between now and reporting for camp?
0: yeah so i'll be down in nashville starting tomorrow through february uh 18th or 19th oh wow um yeah so like my agents are also down there so i'll be meeting up with them and then i'm actually st- i'm gonna be staying with my college catcher he him and his uh newly wife live in uh close to where the facility's at so grateful enough they let me stay there so that's been very nice i'll be with them for a, a little bit and then uh when i get back I'll be just pretty much just hanging out with family. Um, And then actually, me and my fiance have been visiting some wedding venues uh, here. Like we actually visited one today. So that was really nice. And it was our second. Yeah. So that was our second one. But we're planning on getting married in 2023 and uh, at the end of the season in 2023.
1: How many people are you thinking?
0: Oh, it's going to be a pretty hefty wedding, like 300 plus. (laughs) Oh, wow. That's big. I, uh,
1: this is what I do for a living. So, how many you gonna do buffet? Probably do buffet. Yeah, you don't want to do plated. Plated is really expensive.
0: I know. That's we were literally so talking about that today with uh, the wedding venue uh, people there. They were just like kind of like going over pricing and yeah, definitely buffet would be the best. They're talking about like bar stuff and whatnot, just trying to find the best deal for what we can do. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, I mean it's gonna it's gonna be like it's gonna be expensive, of course, but it's gonna be nice. So, I mean. That's all. I, that's all we care about. The one, uh, one night for the rest of our lives. So yeah, absolutely, awesome. absolutely.
2: When when you're taking the tour with the different caterers and the different cake vendors and stuff, milk that. They're going to oh, roll it. it out. They're going right. to give you all the best food. They're going to treat you great. So go all over town and and use use that to the the greatest of your extent. Then you ask, well, yeah, can you, can you make it gluten free? <laughs> <laughs> and they go, oh,
0: yes. Oh boy. <laughs>
2: Yeah, Absolutely. for an additional fee. Um will there be vegan options for, for my guests? Oh geez. So <laughs> yeah. do you have a reporting date in, in Peoria?
0: Uh as of right now, I've been told they want me to come back February twenty sixth, but okay. still unofficial because of the whole right. lockout thing. Right. But as of right now, February twenty sixth.
2: Okay. Because I'm going to be there around the weekend of uh, St. Patrick's Day. I just want to make sure that somebody's going to be down there working out. With, right. I don't care if the big leaguers are down there. I want all you guys to be down there working out in the back lot so I can go hang out and
0: watch <laughs> Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, a yeah. couple of weeks ago, I was supposed to be there uh, for a week for a fantasy camp, and mm-hmm. it got it got banged because of COVID. And my wife and I still went out for the weekend. And then on Monday, we're like, well, let's stop, you know, we'll just stop by the facility, see if someone's working out. Place was locked up. I go into the, oh. into, into the front where I can't remember the woman's name, the, the, um, the, receptionist. Like the receptionist.
2: Yeah. Like, There's no work. Yeah. Yeah. Me. Yeah.
1: And, and one of the guys it was right. The second day of the international draft and it, like a coach came out of the corner. He's like,
0: I'm like, Oh my gosh. aren't <laughs> <out, right?" laughs>
2: okay. <like>, No, no. <laughs> <What>? no. <laughs> they were going to release the hounds on you. dude I know.
1: But I oh just,
0: yeah. Uh,
2: like, and then,
1: then me and my wife, we drove all the way over across town to go to the Rangers Just to see if, just to find another ballpark to see if anyone's playing any kind of baseball. Like we would have watched T-ball if it would have been
2: kids playing (laughs) T-ball. Okay, should we hit into lightning round? Let's light it up. All right, lightning, lightning round. Okay, Wrigley Field is it best during a day game or a night game?
0: Uh, night game. Ah,
2: okay. Uh, Culver's is a is a local fast food chain there, right? So Mm -hmm. Culver's or In and Out?
0: Oh, Culver's.
2: Okay, oh. fair enough. Have you ever had a jumbo dog dragged through the garden?
0: Jumbo dog dragged through the garden. It's, uh, a, por- it's a Portillo's yeah. thing. Yes.
2: So that's for, for our listeners. That is dressed to impress with mustard, relish, celery, salt, chopped onions, sliced tomatoes, a pickle, and sport peppers on a steamed poppy seed bun. Now, I've been oh, to yeah. Chicago a couple of times, and I never went to Portillo's. Now I'm going to have to after reading that. Absolutely. Oh,
0: yeah, you have to. You have to. A What better past, present,
1: What what batter, past or present, would you like to face the most?
0: Past or present, what I like to face the most? Um, Oh crap! (laughs) And it could be a big leaguer too, or anybody I face. Anybody,
2: anybody you want to face, past, present, whoever.
0: I want to face Anthony Rizzo.
2: Oh,
1: Oh, the Cub fan comes out. That's bad. bad.
2: You you just may get
1: your chance, dude. That's that's awesome. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, who lifts more, you or your dad?
0: oh my god uh and bench press he has me but i think i got him i can get him in everything else <laughs>
1: okay I, i'm just listening to see if he's gonna come back on that
0: <laughs> he'll, he'll say something to me later
1: <laughs> what um in the movies who would play you in a movie
0: who would play me in a movie oh my gosh i always uh, feel like that's a tough
2: question. tough question
0: that is a tough question that is a tough one i would say ah uh, top i, I want to go with tom holland
2: Come on. Okay. Oh, okay. Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Yeah, so if yeah. if you do you have a song that you would want to have as like your your walk-up song or when you're coming into a game?
0: Yeah. Uh so I'm a real so from Memphis, I'm really big Memphis like uh rap kind of guy. So I I'm a really big young doll fan. And I know you passed away recently. So I would say some young doll for sure.
2: Young doll. Okay. Young doll. I'm not familiar with young doll, but that's because I'm a 40-year-old white dude. Right. <laughs> 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 um shift or no shift
0: uh i'm fine with the shift
2: how about the how about the pitch clock
0: pitch clock uh i'm, I'm for it i like it i like when things are a little more tempo up tempo and whatnot yeah I'm for do, you, it. do you
2: work pretty quick for the most part
0: yeah i try to i try to stay on the same pace whether it's i'm going well or bad because i feel like when i go slower it's just like i don't do as well so when i keep on that same pace i feel i just put myself up for success more honestly
2: You know, I wonder about that. When I see people taking so long between pitches, they've got to be so deep in their head of just thoughts spiraling all. It's like, no, just give me the ball. Give me the sign, clear everything else out and let me throw the ball.
0: Exactly. Uh,
2: So how about the, the different uh, pickoff rules? Do do you agree with any of that? Do you disagree with
0: that? Oh, I do not like any of that at all. (laughs) Like I just, I wish they would just keep like, keep baseball how baseball is. Like, don't try and mess around with these robot umpires or these, like, I don't know, like that. I guess in double A, they had like the, like the shift. It had to be in the, in the yeah. dirt and whatnot. And like yeah. all these like pickoff moves, like they're just messing around with the game They're Honestly, I think it's for the worst. Just right. keep baseball, the baseball and let it, let it roll. Uh, Couldn't yeah. agree more. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Um, bull Durham
2: or major leagues.
0: Uh, Oh, major league. Oh, <laughs> all right. <laughs>
2: Well, thank you so much so, for taking the time to talk to us. This has been a blast. Yeah, We really appreciate well, think, it.
0: Yeah, of course. Yeah. Thank you for having me on. It's a lot of fun.
2: Absolutely. So in a, in a couple of years, you know,
1: your wife's going to be your pitching coach. She'd be like, you know what? You're drifting off to the left there. <laughs> you need to stay more focused. Like all the best. We, we've talked to a couple baseball wives. They're like, yeah, she knows, like she'll watch me pitch and she'll call me like, all right, look, this is what you're doing wrong.
2: You know, uh, Tony oh, yeah. Gwynn, Tony Gwynn's best hitting coach was his wife, well, Alicia.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny, yeah. I I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, she's been this far with me, so she's picked up on a lot of things. (laughs)
2: All right. Well, you take care. Say hi to the family for us, and uh, we'll be in touch soon.
0: Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Have a good one. I I went got the bag and now everything lit. I went got the bag and now everything lit. I went all the way through hell and back to get to this.